Hello everyone. Oddly enough, I never thought I Want My Binge TV would be a series on the I Hate Green Beans podcast, but here we are. Back when Todd and I recorded episode 169 in May, we figured our quarterly movie review episode would commence in the fall. Todd and Lindsay of the early pandemic were so cute. They thought this thing would be wrapping up by Memorial Day. (laughs) I just want to pat their heads and bless their hearts. Because as 2020 continues to be a hot mess when it comes to the outside world, we decided to head back to Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, and old DVD box sets from the 90s in order to bring you some form of entertainment. Now, if someone can mail me a DVD player, I'd appreciate it. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 177 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I am here with my good friend, Todd, who always helps me figure out what to watch on TV and in the movies. And since we can't go to the movies, we're going back to the TV. So sad. One of these days, although maybe not one of these days, I don't know. Will movies ever come back, Todd? I don't know. (gasps) I mean, there'll be retro. There'll There'll be a market for it for people like us. Mm. it is yeah i miss i miss big old theater with popcorn oh and and the squishy chairs and the big huge screen oh sad face how am i supposed to see chris pine now on just a regular tv whenever wonder (laughs) woman number two or whatever we're calling it 1980 fill in the blank was gonna have an (laughs) 80s chris pine that big come on (laughs) Oh, that's just depressing. Oh, so depressing. But we're not here to talk about how sad we are about movies. No, we're, no, we're, we're here to talk about, hey, we've got some things for you to watch because we know you still need things to watch because things come out every once in a while. I'm grateful for that. Or there are old things that you never watched that you should probably watch, and that's the majority of my list. But I know you have some other things, too. So back in May, we did I Want My Binge TV so we're doing I Want My Binge TV Volume 2, and we're going to talk about what you need to watch, what you might need to skip, and what you need to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Would you, you like go. Would you like to go first, Todd? I will give uh, you first um, dibs on telling people what's awesome out there, because once again, as we say every single time... Todd's taste is a little different than my taste, which is why we are the perfect combo for a podcast like this. The other thing I would like to say is there is a wicked thunderstorm, lightning storm outside, so you're going to hear that rumbling in the background. Just, It's just 2020. Get used to it. Okay. Todd, you've got the floor. There's two hurricanes brewing. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, I just found out about them, so it's okay. Uh, my first show... <laughs> First show that I'm going to talk about, and these are in no particular order, but um, it's called Chef's Line, oh. and you know I like cooking. Yes, you, know, you I do. Like my, this is a cooking competition, and what it does is it takes home cooks and it pits them against four professional chefs, hmm. and it's a chef's line, and it's in order of seniority. So you've got your apprentice, your station chef, your sous chef, and then the executive chef. Okay. Like the head, the head person. In this case, it's all guys, but the head dude. And 
each they do a week <clears throat> per cuisine. So like the first one is Vietnamese, I think. And so it's five episodes and uh, they go down the line. So the first time all four are competing against The Apprentice. And then one of the one of the home cooks goes away, and then the next three go against the station chef on up until you have one on one, where it's a home cook, someone like me, huh. against executive chef of a restaurant, and all these are in Australia. So they have different cuisines, and I didn't watch all of them. Uh, I watched the Vietnamese, the Italian, uh, the Greek. I think I watched, but the best one, if you just want to just check one out, the best one is the Chinese Week. Oh. And it's because the, huh. the head chef of this restaurant in Australia, this Chinese restaurant in China, in uh, Australia, is just so great. Okay. And like the, the whole team, his, his, the youngest, his apprentice, is, uh, she is just fantastic. I just love her. She's so great. And this is a, this is a, it's not documentary. It's like a reality show type reality show it's on okay. netflix each right. episode is like 20 25 minutes so if you watch all four competition episodes you're looking at you know a little over an hour oh then, easy yeah totally easy and then the last episode uh they might be 30 minutes anyway it doesn't matter the last episode the creator of the show goes to the restaurant where the professionals are from Mm-hmm. And gets a tour and, you know, the head chef makes all these good dishes for her and everything. And I really enjoyed that one for the Chinese restaurant. I didn't really care about the other ones because <laughs> I just I just liked the the head chef of this Chinese yeah. restaurant. He was just really, just really cool. So How did you find it, the show? I think our good friend, Dr. Chia. Oh, good. Yeah. That's very exciting. I will definitely let my mom know that because although it's not on my list, Whenever I was home, that woman burned through every great British baking show that there that there was. It yep. is pretty much in love with Paul Hollywood. So <laughs> that's that was her takeaway is Paul Hollywood so handsome. Those eyes. So oh uh, okay, we will tell me the name of it again. Chef's line. Chef's line. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna check that one out. My first one is, to no one's surprise, because it's all anybody talked about in the month of July. That would be Hamilton. How does it on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Now, if you don't have Disney+, Plus, someone in your life does. Get their login. I don't condone that, but I do. Get their login and just watch it. It's something that I think is so steeped in pop culture and steeped in a bunch of different veins that stem out of pop culture and theater and Broadway and history and government and anything else you can think of, it's always relatable to Hamilton. So even if you don't like rap music or if you don't care for Lin-Manuel, which I don't know why you wouldn't, I think it's worth at least watching the opening number. And maybe just a few more of the songs so you can understand what people are talking about. Because more than likely, someone in your life, somewhere where you've read something or seen something, 
they mentioned Hamilton because it broke all sorts of records for Disney Plus, and it was also supposed to be a movie that came out in the movie theater and in 2021. Remember when we heard it was coming out in October, we got so excited, and then we read the fine print. It was 2021, and we thought, oh, that's that's a long time away. Well, Sweet Lynn, he decided, you know what, let's put it on Disney Plus even more than a year early. Um, and I think what I enjoy about it, I, again, even if you don't like Broadway, it, it, it's something worth watching the opening one or two or three songs because these folks are talented beyond talent. And to hear what can come out of their mouths in such a short amount of time is phenomenal. And then to think that this one guy thought, yeah, a musical about Hamilton, that makes sense. The guy on the $10 bill, let's do yeah. that, is he's a genius. And so just from that standpoint, I think it's worth, again, just checking out so you know what people are saying. And you got to get to George Washington because... He's great, and then you got to get to the second half. Just fast forward if you need to, and to get to Thomas uh, Jefferson because David Diggs is uh, my spirit get, animal. Get uh, if you make it through the second act, you might want to have a box of tissues hanging I around. Know, it, I it, know, it gets it tough. It is breaking. Uh, I mean, we all know he dies, so yeah. spoiler, right? And yeah. we all know who, him, so it's fine. But there's other stuff that I did not know. Yes, happened. exactly. Like nothing that has ever been on Broadway or nothing yes. that has ever been on TV or in the movies. And it just struck a chord on so many levels for so many different people. You, you, you get out of it what you get out of it. And I think that once upon a time, I was able to watch um, a Broadway show from the fourth or fifth row only because they were selling single seats and they were selling them for $25. And so I thought, I don't mind going to Broadway by myself. And so when, the closer you are to the stage, the the better, unless it's a dancing show, like you want to see the Rockettes way far back because they sure. make pretty pictures with their lines, etc. But if it is a show that has any kind of emotion in it, the closer you are to the stage where you can see the actors and actresses' yeah. facial expressions and the emotion and the turmoil and the laughter or the looks or the tiny little nuances. You and get all that in this. Oh, my goodness, yes, because it is, it is filmed. So they took, uh, from what I understand, it was filmed from several different angles on several different days. And so you can see very close up, and, and many people have said, let's watch it on closed captioning. So, again, they're speaking so fast yeah. that you get a lot more out of it whenever you can read the words. But some people, like us, we know the words because we've been listening to the soundtrack for a very long time. <laughs> All the time, yeah. And, you know, I, I have uh, people, very important people in my life, my brother and his whole family, who I keep telling to watch, and they're going to listen to this, or at least Renee will. And I don't know why they haven't. Renee, watch it. Goodness. Watch it. And I, just watch it. <laughs> people that have access to it, I'm like, just watch it. Just I know watch it's two it. and a half hours, and that may turn some people off. But like Lindsay said, give it 
the first number, and I promise you, you're going to be hooked. Yes, you will. But, yes, you will. Get to the Skylar sisters, and you're just going to, mm, you're yeah. just going to be hooked. And then you're just going to want to go down this weirdo deep dive of Lin-Manuel and his brain and how he does things and what in the world, and he's yeah. so smart, etc. Okay, what's your second one? All right, it's another, it's another food-ish one, okay? It's called Somebody Feed Phil is the name of the show. It is Phil Rosenthal who is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. And he goes on these journeys to uh, foreign countries and he just eats their food and he travels. So it's <laughs> kind of like a, a culinary travel documentary. He is, now he, he can be polarizing because my good friend Justin, he couldn't take a, a full episode because he's so, he's kind of cheesy. He's kind of a, you know, dad joke kind of guy. <clears throat> but if you like that in any way, he's so endearing because he just is wide eyed and he loves everything that he's doing. Like the first episode he's in Thailand and he's just crazy <laughs> impressed by everything. And it's just so fun because he's like, I don't understand. And then he'll just do the thing or whatever. So anyway, he goes to different countries. There's three seasons. Each episode is, I think, an hour. It's on Netflix. It's good. It's it, To me, it's just fun, mindless. You know, it's not heavy or anything like that, which during these days is kind of nice. Yes, absolutely. Oh. It's the closest thing I can get to traveling right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to like, he, he goes with locals to good places. Now, some of them may be touristy high dollar places like one of them i think he goes to is one of those tasting menu places that would probably cost you know hundreds of dollars sure. per plate um but he he goes to like local places and he just enjoys the food so anyway it's a lot of fun my next one is a little bit different it's called baby ballroom mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> i have no idea what that is but i can't wait to hear <laughs> So I like ballroom dancing, and I always have. I was the dork who used to watch PBS and tape it on VHS so I could go back and watch it over and over and over again. And so when Dancing with the Stars and So You Think You Can Dance became things, ugh, it just spoke to my soul. Well, again, back in Hallsville, when Mom is laid up with her shattered baby bird wrist, I was walking, and I heard her laughing and kind of cheering the TV on so I knew there was some sort of competition going on and I walked in there and she and mother I should also say discovered Netflix during this time so she's just amazed of all the things that are at her fingertips what I was like mom you've had my Netflix sign in for so long and she well, I never knew it so she found baby ballroom now it sounds like this, you know, oh no, it's going to be parents who stick their tiny little children in ballroom That's dancing. That's exactly and it's gonna, what I thought. That is exactly what it is. But <laughs> in the best way. In the best way. And let me tell you why. Because they, you know, the parents are very, mm, they, are, they are in this and they're excited. But... It's the teachers. They. It's a man named Warren and Jane, and I can't. I can't remember their last name, or maybe that is their last name. Um, no, Bullock. Warren and Jane Bullock, and they are old ballroom dancing champions. Now they're not old. They're probably in their fifties, I would say, but okay. they own the Zigzag Ballroom Dance Factory or Academy or something like that in England, okay. and he is 
about as endearing as a man can be. And she is as well. And they truly are training these young kids up to be champions, but they will also tell the parent they're not they're not gonna make it. They're 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 just they just don't have it, but in the sweetest, kindest way. There's there's this one and they're they're itty bitties. They we're talking eights and nine year olds and we're talking tens and twelve year olds and and these eight year old kids who are just getting out there killing it on the dance floor that blows me out of the water and they will say that one has it and let me tell you what it is do you see how he does this do you see how he does that you can't teach that so he has it and so does she and they're going to go far and then you'll have these over here and this one kid i feel so bad for him ty because he just grew over the summer and she's still short and he's now tall and they can't be partners anymore (laughs) and it's very sad because you know what they did to the girl they gave her some three inch heels and they made her hair real high and it still didn't help because they just they don't fit anymore and so then you have that sweet little storyline about how they're devastated that they don't get to be partners anymore. And, oh, it's so sad. And, and, you know, and he just says, you know, well, let's try new partners and let's see if we can get you someone else. And so it's really, it, it's not like dance moms where everybody's gross and mean and, and, and catty in the wings. It's none of that. Okay. And then, then, then you have your, your ones that you're rooting for. And then all of a sudden you learn that Warren and Jane have triplets. They have triplet daughters and two of them are in the ballroom. And so then you kind of follow them around and one of, you know, they're 17 and 18 or 19 years old. And one of them's semi dating her dance partner. Ooh, what's going to happen there? Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, nothing. And then you've got the one who wants to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> She's just over there studying, and we don't really know a lot about her, <laughs> which cracks me up for some reason. And she's just, so and the other girls are like, yeah, sequins, and I'm doing my makeup and my hair. And she walks in going, yeah, I just want a banana. Can I just get a banana? And I'm going to go back to the <laughs> library. And I thought, oh, I love you, girl, the third one who's just not into it at all. And I love her for it. So I would check that out. It's on Netflix. I think there are three seasons of Baby Ballroom. And at the beginning, you're going to go, "This what, what, what is Lindsay talking about? But again, if you just hang in there, okay. Warren and Jane are just going to be awesome, and you're going to want them in your lives. Okay. All right. I like it. What's next for you? The next one, this one's a short season. It's only four episodes. And our friend Ann told me about it. It's called Unorthodox. Yes. And it is. Uh, did you watch it? No. Ooh, it's not, I was going to say, it's not really good. It's, it's out of the fence. Let's see. <laughs> so it's about this girl who basically flees from her Hasidic Orthodox Jewish marriage in Williamsburg, New York, and mm-hmm. she flees to Berlin. And she just can't deal with it anymore. And it, it kind of, you see flashbacks of how she met the guy that she married and then their wedding. And it's really awkward, their wedding night and other nights that go after that. So if you have little ones, I would not watch this with the mm. little ones. Um, but it's it's really well done. The girl in it, her acting is unbelievable. There's a lot of subtitles because they do, um, they speak Yiddish yeah. a lot. Uh, so it's it, it, you have to just be willing to to read it. You know, okay. There is subtitles, but really good. Um, 
I would say thought provoking. I don't know if it's that. It's really just more of a window into this Williamsburg Hasidic uh, Orthodox Jewish culture that I am ignorant to, mm-hmm. right? Like that much about it. So it was really, really uh, fascinating and really great acting. Um, and it's not a documentary. It is not it's, a documentary. It's acting. No. Okay. Yeah, it is acting. So it's the other opposite extreme from some. <laughs> it's like it's, from it's, baby it's, ballroom. <laughs> yeah, from baby ballroom too. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna want a palate cleanser on this one. <laughs> it's it's heavy. It is only four episodes, and they're about an hour long. So it's not a okay. huge commitment if you want to go into it, but it's worth watching. All right. You, uh, my next one is again on Netflix. There just seems to be a theme here, but. Um, mm-hmm. mom wanted to watch a movie. She didn't want to watch any, um, we had a baby ballroom and a great British baking show, I guess, rest maybe one day. And she wanted okay. to watch a movie and we did a break from Paul. Is that <laughs> we, what we did a break from Paul and Warren and, uh, she picked Dumplin', which I don't think I've ever talked about on the podcast, or maybe I just mentioned it briefly, but I'd forgotten it came out in 2018 and yeah. it is the story of Willa Dean and mm-hmm. her mom, I've who is a... I've seen it, Lindsay. Oh, you, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> if you're a Dolly Parton fan, you have to watch it. Because yeah. Willa Dean uh, <laughs> learns all her life lessons through Dolly Parton. And because, you, you know, any, any, any advice you need in life, you can get from a Dolly Parton song. And that's what her aunt always told her. And she and her aunt have the same body type, that which is not thin and skinny. So she always leaned into to her aunt and wanted to be like her aunt. And, and she just didn't really have a lot in common with her mom because her mom was a pageant beauty queen. And then her aunt passes away. And so this whole movie is about her kind of coming to terms with that and... Um, coming to terms with the fact that she's never going to be like her mom and that's okay. And her mom is played by Jennifer Aniston and mm-hmm. she does a really great job. And um, the main girl, um, her name is Danielle something McDonald, I think. She does a really great job too as as Willa Dean. And then she has a, a, a good friend that's named Ellen. But it, it just goes, every everything is um, Dolly Parton. A Jace and the entire soundtrack is Dolly Parton too. And so I just find that a delightful little layer in Dumplin'. It's called Dumplin' because that's what Jennifer Aniston's pet name for her daughter. Everybody else calls her Will or Willa and her mom calls her Dumplin' and that embarrasses her because it it denotes that she's, you know, fluffier than her than than other uh, people. So but it's really cute. It is um I think it's it's worth watching again if you are a Dolly Parton fan. You have to because there's a whole. Um, I'm just gonna maybe spoil a little bit. There's a whole drag queen uh-huh, uh-huh. layer to it That's that right. is Dolly Parton and Dolly Parton drag queens are my favorites. <laughs> so I I just was tickled. <laughs> I was just tickled by by all of that, and it was it was really fun. So you know, great messages, and there's a a cute little love story-ish in there. So I think it's worth it. Mama loved it. She thought it was it was fun. And um, it's kind of one of those, you know, if you don't have anything to watch and you got a couple hours to spare, pop that on and I, I think you'll like it. Okay, what's your next one? 
my next one is a uh, it's a documentary of sorts. It's called 100 Humans. Oh. This one my cousin recommended to me. So what they do in this show, it's on Netflix. Uh, there's a reason their stock is doing so well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take 100 humans at, across the country, across age ranges, gender, everything. And they subject them to various experiments. Ooh. And the way it looks is they all are like living on a compound together. You don't really see their living conditions, but they they ask various questions in each each episode is a different theme. So like one of them is one of the more touching ones I thought was the um, on bias. What kind of biases do we have? And so they subject them to different things to kind of get a feel for what biases are. What uh, differences between men and women? Um, what is attractive? Uh, yeah, it's just all these different things. And they're obviously not very scientific. It's only a hundred people, right? So (laughs) don't put any stock in it, but it's fun. It's uh, again, I wouldn't watch it with the little ones in the room because they can be a little crass. Uh, they can definitely, they do some things that are a little more on the adult side of, of life, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, but really it's entertaining. The three scientists in air quotes the three researchers are they they're a little cheesy but they're funny and the experiments to me are very fascinating the things that they that they do and some of the results that they get are are really interesting so that's very cool and each like you say each episode is a different topic that's right it's a different topic and they do probably three four maybe five experiments throughout the it's an hour-long show so they kind of you know go through different different ones how uh, is it different 100 people every episode or it's the same for the whole season same 100 people oh wow and is it is it too because you kind of you see the ones in the first episode and they don't focus on the same ones in every episode but some repeats and so you're kind of like oh i kind of like that person or that person kind of gets on my nerves or you know that (laughs) that happens (laughs) (laughs) that is very cool I might check that out. That I mean, would I like it? You know me. Um, I think you would like okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not scary or dark. It's not scary or dark in any way. Okay, good. Oh, not yay! A- well, then I'm going to check that out. Good. My last one is uh, very important and near and dear to my heart. It is Felicity, <laughs> as in the 1998 CWWB phenomenon. By one J.J. Abrams. Yes, the J.J. Abrams that did Star Wars. Him. He did Felicity, too, which tells you a lot about him and why Star Wars was so good, these latest ones. So Felicity, if you don't know, um, is going to school in New York from California. She follows a boy there, a boy (laughs) who doesn't know she exists, which makes it uber weird. And then we get four years of Felicity. Oh, did you hear that thunder? Scary. Um, we it's get for me to you. It's gone. <laughs> so weird. I heard it in my headphones, and then I heard it for real. That was crazy. Oh, um, we get Felicity's four years of college. Now, the fun thing about Felicity, it's on Apple TV, which is going to be hard pressed for some of you to find. But luckily, my roommate has Apple TV. And Laura had never seen Felicity, which I thought was a travesty. So Laura watched everything there was to watch while I was gone, and she she got really desperate. 
one day. So then she went searching for Felicity because that's been on the list for a very long time for Laura to watch Felicity. I think she was like studying or something when it came out. Maybe she had just started right. law school. I don't know. Lawyer, you know, whatever. whatever. She stuck chained to her desk, at, you know, as an associate maybe. But I, she went searching for it, found it on Apple TV, and um, watched the first episode and was hooked. Now, because she's such a good friend, she waited until I got back before she watched the rest of it. So that was so exciting. We are now into season three. So we are in Felicity's junior year. And the best part about Felicity is the love triangle, which makes, as you know, any movie or TV show, when you've got the poor girl who has to decide between hot guy number one or hot guy number two, it's, right. it's very hard to be Felicity. So there, that And that changes because sometimes you're Team Noel and sometimes you're Team Ben and then you go back to Team Noel and it's just really, it's really fun. I thought I had seen it, but I'm watching it now like it's brand new and I'm, huh, what, who? So maybe I didn't watch it either, but I do remember season one because I remember probably one of the most iconic moments that everybody knows, even if you didn't watch Felicity, is the episode where Felicity cuts her hair. And is a big deal because now her hair's growing out. It's unfortunate, y'all. It's unfortunate. That's that's always hard. I never watched a single episode of Felicity, uh, and I don't say that in any kind of yeah. with any derision. I just never did. <laughs> did not, you not, Did you watch anything on the CW or the WB back in the day? Uh, I watched a little bit of Party of Five. Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't into it, into it, but yeah. Um, I think that my, I watched One Tree Hill. Wasn't that CW? I think so. Yes. And I, I dabbled in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I, I dipped my toes in all those. I didn't uh, really. Yeah. You didn't go far. You didn't go all the way down the creek. You just started <laughs> at the beginning and got right back out. Mm. Again, <laughs> Team Dawson, Team Pacey. Well, who are you going to choose, Joey? Who did she choose? She chose she... Pacey like a normal smart person. Hello. Oh, your team Pacey. Oh, oh heck yes. Dawson got on my ever living nerves. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm always was, the one that nobody like picks Mosby? though. Was he yeah. kind of like Ted Mosby? A little bit. Yes. A little bit. I'm also <laughs> on the Wade Kinsella bandwagon from Heart of Dixie and everybody else likes George and I always liked Wade the best. Well, so I'm, um, you know. Of Heart of Dixie, my parents are, they are neck deep in Heart of Dixie. Oh. They love it. <laughs> they do. And it makes me so jealous because I want to see it for the first time again too. I think mom loves it and dad likes it is tolerating it i'll tell you what though a little more than tolerate (laughs) (laughs) the the thing the hard thing about this because mom watched heart of dixie too i made her and she got to a point where it felt the same to her and she kept saying i'm so mad at her for not picking this or not doing this and i've realized binge watching shows like this it's very hard because in the good old days We just watched it and then had to wait a whole entire week before we found out what happened. And so sometimes it it kind of dulls the the shininess of it a little bit if you go over and over and over again. And mom was watching way too many in one day. So I made her pull back and that that did help. 
That really did I wonder, help. This is a little more theory oriented here, which your listeners may, may not care. But I wonder if that's because of when it was made and now they're making movies or not movies they're making TV shows with that in mind. Yeah. And so you don't it, it doesn't happen. Right. Which is why they're what? all four and six and eight yeah. episodes long. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. OK. What's your last one? OK. My last one is not a new show either. Uh, we've talked about it. Life in Pieces. Yes. I believe, I don't know, when was it? 2016, maybe Mm -hmm. it was on? Mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Um, And maybe it was on ABC, I don't know. But it's, uh, I like to think of it as a lighthearted comedic version of parenthood. There you go. That's exactly it. Yes. Because it's three children. It's two brothers and their older sister. Yeah, because the daughter's the oldest and then there's the two boys. It's each of their lives and then their parents. And they all live in the same city. And it's about five to ten minutes on each one. And then that, you know, between commercial breaks, because this was on network TV. Uh, So anyway, it's just kind of how their lives are going. And sometimes they intertwine. And I just think that it is hilarious. Again, this one was recommended to me by my brother and sister-in-law. And I started watching it, and I am just, I can't stop. I love it. That's wonderful. I remember watching it when it was actually on TV. Back in the days when we were making the decisions of, you know, am I going to watch this? And before, I mean, I think I had DVR, and I would record it, but I remember liking it. Doesn't it have Tom Hanks' son in it? Who is Tom Hanks' son? It might. Colin Hanks. Uh, maybe yes actually now that you say that i think that is true and he now that i look at i'm like yeah i think Uh he looks like yes (laughs) yeah i think he and his wife were my favorites yes they are Uh Uh so much (laughs) she's very dry dry Mm -hmm. as sand Mm -hmm. i mean she is and i just love her she she really is my favorite. The, the parents are a little quirky and weird. Yeah. Um, and then the other, my other favorite is the youngest daughter of the. Yes. So uh, there, there's the three siblings, and the daughter has a family. She has a husband, and she has three kids. And the youngest daughter is, I don't know how old she is. Maybe she's like ten or something, going on like thirty. Yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> and she's so adorable and. Her dad is actually, um, he was on Veep, and he is terribly vulgar in Veep, like just an awful individual. But on this show, he's uh, he's just a lot of fun. He's goofy. He's a really, you know, cheesy dad. Yeah. And all. It's great. Uh, it's really fun. And where are you watching that? That one's on Amazon. Oh, great. Is it free if you have Prime or are you having to buy it? It's free. Oh, good. Prime. Awesome. Now, you also had some that you had watched, or maybe one that you'd watched that you were, your suggestion might be to skip it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because you might be drawn into it for the same reason I was. <laughs> Which one? It's, it's called I Know This Much Is True, and it's on HBO. And I like Mark Ruffalo. I think he's a good actor. Mm. I like typically like what he does. And so I tuned into this to see what that was going to be all about, and... I made it one episode and I was like, life is too hard to watch something. Oh, no. Cannot. And, you know, I like the dark. I like that stuff. This was awful. It was awful. He plays a twin. So it's him and his twin. 
and his twin um he it's not it's not ocd it's much much more severe than that um it's bipolar that's what it is he has bipolar and it's like a, a, a heavy case of bipolar and he's got this problematic relationship with his dad and then his mom and you don't know what happened between them and Oh my gosh. I mean, there's just so many heavy, heavy scenes. I was like, I, I can't keep doing this. Okay. So not, if you... not for Lindsay, not made for Lindsay. No. <laughs> <laughs> capital in, capital O, exclamation. Okay. <laughs> for many people, I think it's just so acting, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker. If it's good acting, no. I'll stick it out, but not on this one. I couldn't do it. Okay. And it's just regular old HBO. It's a just regular on HBO. Okay, well, um, and tell me again what it is. I know this. Let me see. I know this much to be true. Okay, a minute. I know yep. this much to be true that I will not watch. Yes. I know this much to be true. Okay. My one that was kind of meh was something that you might get sucked into because Netflix tells you that you will <laughs> like it, and it's called Work It. It is a teeny bopper dance movie. Because it's our RuPaul, Lindsay. Because it's <laughs> You better work. It, it, it actually stars Jordan Fisher, who's one of my favorite people ever. And, um, and this other girl, gosh, I don't know her name. She's Quinn in the show. And she has a best friend named Jazz. It is every dance show movie that you've ever seen. <laughs> watered down <laughs> is, it, is it a movie or a show it's a movie it's a movie okay. it's one of netflix made for movies that feels like they said oh man pandemic let's push this out when maybe they should have worked it a little bit more it is the girl who wants to get into duke and she's done everything on her resume that you're supposed to do she volunteers here she has a 4.0 she plays the cello she has all these extracurricular activities and the Duke admissions director says, yeah, everybody applying for Duke is that. So you need to do something additional. So she decides that she's going to join the dance team at her school. Okay. And the problem is, is she can't dance. And so her friend Jazz is on the dance team. And when she tries to try out for the dance team, they say, no, you're not good. And she says, well, then I'm going to go make my own dance team. And, you know, she gets the, the riffraff from the school who you think are nerds but can really pop and lock in their spare time. Right. And that's very step up. And it's very, um, I don't know, it's Save the Last Dance, all squished together because, you know, of course, Jordan comes in and he's a choreographer who tours ACL once upon a time and now can't dance anymore. And I was like, preach it, brother. And he he helps her learn how to dance. And so you want, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Um, it does sound lovely. It's, it, again, mm. watered down okay. watered down and it's 90 minutes long so okay. you can do anything for 90 minutes it, i think they 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 were so blown away by to all the boys i've loved before that just was so great so endearing perfect casting perfect everything that now i think they're sort of trucking down that teen angst love okay. road in every trope they can think of and it and it's just not 
it's just not working. So um, if it, I wouldn't do it on purpose. Like, y'all, everybody, let's get together and watch Work It. No, maybe have it on in the background when you're vacuuming or cleaning your kitchen or something. Or changing your bike tire. Changing your bike <laughs> tire whatever. It's hard to do, <laughs> Oh, but now I can call you when I need a bike tire changed or a bike because I don't have one. So um, tell me what you're looking forward to for the next couple of months, Todd. Yes. So I just finished a book that was actually on your book list, Lindsay, your summer reading book list. And it was one with an asterisk, which has been suggested multiple times. Yeah. Uh, it's the 112263 historical fiction by yes. Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And that is a series. Have you read that book? I have not. Oh, okay. You might actually like it. It's not scary. Okay. Not is scary it about JFK? It is. It's mm-hmm. about a guy who goes back in time and tries to prevent um, the assassination of JFK. So there's a show on Hulu that well, they basically take the book and make it into a, I don't know, maybe it's a 10, 10 episode series. Mm-hmm. Starting Franco, and I can't wait. I just finished the book today, so I'm going to start watching. Yeah. And that'll be on Hulu. It's on Hulu. That's right. Okay. Not yet, but it's coming? No, no, no. It's on. It's been on. It's It's on. Okay. Gotcha. It's not new at all. It's just new to me. That's your next. That's your next step. Yeah. I have one the same way. Indian Matchmaker, again, on Netflix. Heard of that. So (laughs) many people are telling me to watch Indian Matchmaker, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think that's going to be next up on the roster with Felicity. Because, you know, we don't watch as much TV as we used to because Mahjong takes up some time in the night. And Mm -hmm. so Felicity is is being stretched out a little bit longer because of our Mahjonging. But um, Indian Matchmaker is something that I want to watch. And and another thing that I would want to watch that you and I have talked about because we're on a text chain with with a bunch of friends is Mulan that's coming out on Disney+. And uh, the rub there is that it is $30. Yes. So you're thinking, come on, Uh, Disney. However, if... You know, you socially distance well and get six of you together, then, you know, that's five bucks a piece. It's less than a movie. That's right. Yes. And and I think that's what they're doing, too. Because, again, at the beginning of the pandemic, if you remember, Sonic the Hedgehog or no, it wasn't. It was the Trolls movie. The Trolls one. Um, It. It just, I never saw. Did it, you see it? I didn't, but it broke all sorts of records because parents were willing yeah. to pay for something new. So I think I think thirty dollars if you've got enough kids or got enough people piled around again being safe, then you uh, you can kind of you can kind of justify that. However, yeah. if I I would have gone to see it in the the theater, I would have. But I yeah, will I mean- say that. Um, Mulan is, I feel sad for Mulan because, I mean, it was just about to come out. I even think they had already done their Hollywood red carpet stuff and the pandemic hit and they, you know, like we all did said, oh, we're going to push it to May, Memorial Day. Everybody's (laughs) thinking, Memorial Day, what? How can Memorial is so far away? And now everybody is... You know, we're going to push it till summer. What? And now here we are in, you know, August. Until I have my first child. Exactly. We're just, <laughs> we're going to wait for the two hurricanes to hit Houston at the same time. And then we're going to see if there's anything left. 
and oh, maybe dear. then we'll make Mulan come. You know, it's just so you gotta you gotta give Disney credit for you know shaking it up, trying something new. They blew everything out of the water with Hamilton, and that was free. So. Uh, I can I can pay him a, a few bucks. I wouldn't pay him thirty by myself. I wouldn't pay him fifteen with one other person. But you know, ten, five. Yeah, I, I think I can. I think I can make that happen. Um, and yeah. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. I think it, it looks pretty, which is also a big fat bummer that I think it would have been. It would have been nice on a big huge screen again, like Chris Pine. It would have been nice to see it very big. But we do what we can during it's pandemic. Um, so I got another one on my list. Yes. Um, it's the Jim Gaffigan. I cannot remember the name of it, but if you go to Amazon, okay, he it's he does stand up comedy in a different city. So like the first one, he's in Canada, and okay. then I don't know where he goes from there. But anyway, he goes to a different city and he he kind of does a stand up routine. And if the I saw the Canadian one and he makes a lot of jokes about Canada and he, I just think he's hilarious. Anyway, the first episode was hilarious. Oh, great. I'm excited to see that. I haven't done any kind of stand-up anything, but I've noticed a lot of a lot of comedians are dropping their stand-up stuff right now. I think we have a pretty good list of shows that people can watch. Again, both old, new, what have you. Uh, I would encourage everybody to comment on this section or message me or something and let me know what you're watching so we can kind of put that on the radar Again, it feels like we're going to run out any day now, and we just never do. So we are happy to hear, because you can probably figure out now, this is Todd and I's, I don't know, it's our 13th or 14th time to to do this. So you probably know our styles. You know, I'm anything that is cartoon or teenage love, and Todd is everything else. Anything that will be nominated for an Oscar, that's what I always said. Todd's going to watch those things. So if it's a cartoon or a, a, a children's program, that's me. Or, you know, love. Ugh, give me the romance and, and, and I'll just follow you forever. That's a weird way to end this, but that's how I'm going to end it. <laughs> Hey, thank y'all for listening. If you're interested in seeing trailers of the shows Todd and I talked about, check out the show notes right there on your podcast app. And remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Wash your hands, stay safe, have courage, be kind, and our hearts are with those affected by Hurricane Laura. Until we're together again, love you, mean it, Texas forever.